the purpose behind our social media content, the, the church itself is the same as what the church is. And that is to be able to reach souls. Mm. Um, we're there to be able to connect with people that aren't familiar with the church. We are also called to make disciples, but how are we going to make disciples if they can't find us? Mm. Um, and so the purpose of social media, I guess, is not promotional, but it's invitational. Welcome to the Hacker Podcast. My name is Greg Hackathorne. I hope you all are doing well. Today we are joined by Daniel Morton Jones, or Morty, as he's come to be known by many of us. I invited him on to talk about online content for churches and ministries, something that has become so important in the age of COVID over these past two years. He is a minister with the UPCA and serves on the National Youth Committee as the promotional director. He is also heavily involved in content production at his home church, Calvary Chapel in Canberra, along with running his own ministry called Mort's Media. He has a lot of good stuff to share, and I'm sure you will get a lot out of this. And if you do, I want to encourage you to share this with a friend or post about it on social media and allow it to bless others who are needing some inspiration or guidance in this area. If you have time to rate and review the show where you listen to it, I would greatly appreciate that as it makes it easier for new listeners to discover what we're doing here on the Hacker Podcast. I also wanted to mention that we are on Instagram and Facebook, and we are providing some unique content there along with keeping you updated with any changes to the show we may be making. So I encourage you to connect with us there. We're at the Hackapod on Insta and at Hacka.org on Facebook. Now that that's taken care of, let's get to my conversation with Daniel Morton-Jones. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure to be here and very excited. Well, for those of you guys who don't know Daniel Morton-Jones, I may call him Morty, but I'd like him to give us a bit of background, what he brings to the table when it comes to online content, media, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, awesome. And thanks again for having me. Yeah, I guess a bit of background. I've got a couple of things sort of going. Uh, the Mort's Media, which is sort of my own hobby, I guess, but also my own personal ministry because you can always minister through the things that you enjoy. Um, and so I, I find this a, a way for me to connect God as well, connect with God the most. For example, like being in the middle of nowhere, you know, there's no music, um, no technology, but you've got the beautiful landscape. And being in Canberra, we've got plenty of landscape around. And just to take a camera out there, it's a great way to be able to share imagery. And mm -hmm. um, for me, I'm a, I'm a sort of visual learner. And so when I read scriptures like Psalms 23, verse two, it says like, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. When I can capture that and visualize that, it speaks to me a lot more. And I love to take that and share that with others. It's in inspiring to me and uh, it's always an encouragement to me. And so whenever I find someone that's maybe going through a tough time or you know, I know people are busy or they just need something to give them, you know, maybe something, just a, a word of encouragement. Um, this is, I guess, my, just my way to be able to minister to them, to be able to like put a scripture on a photo that actually means something both to me, but I know it'll impact them as well. Um, not only that, um, I've got this unique, 
I guess, position within my own city, uh, within the photographer community here. There's not a lot of Christians, but I have had the opportunity to pray for people um, who are struggling because they do see those images with the message of hope attached to them. And so that's been awesome. And that's what God's been doing um, through that aspect. And of course, um, I'm blessed to serve in various departments such as the UPCA and the National Youth Ministries. Um, I've also got our local church, Calvary Chapel, and our teenage to college um, youth group account, which is wildfire. So I've got a, a got a couple of accounts there that I'm juggling. It's been amazing to be able to serve in those capacities. It's cool that uh, you actually have a, a broad spectrum of accounts as well. So you can do everything from like youth type content all the way through to, you know, UPCA might be a little bit more refined, Calvary Chapel, uh, your local church in Canberra might be a little bit more refined. So how have some of those accounts grown? I know the National Youth one, you pretty much started from scratch. Is that right on Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, that's right. Yep. About five, six years ago, we started with nothing. And uh, as of today, I believe our Facebook has grown from zero to 2,600 followers and Instagram is at 1,600 followers. So a lot of, uh, a lot of work goes into that. And you, as yeah. you know, it doesn't yeah. just happen over, it doesn't just happen overnight, unfortunately, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been amazing to be able to see that happen. Well, the, the Instagram number I think is a bit more impressive. The Facebook number is good, but the Instagram number, it's really hard to gain followers on Instagram. I, I've found You've also had a few posts go a bit viral. Was that on Facebook or Instagram or both? Uh, it was both, actually, yeah. <laughs> that happened last year, just during the uh, lockdown again, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, it, <laughs> what's funny enough is what's great about social media is you can network with a lot of people. Right. And uh, to set the record, the content that went viral, the apostolic one, uh, was actually content that I asked for permission to post from another apostolic in the States. And he actually goes to one of the, um, the Bible colleges over there. And I thought, man, this is, this is awesome. Do you mind if I share this? We're from Australia. This is what we do. And he said, yeah, sure. Go for it. And then, yeah, boom, <laughs> like it reached over 300,000 people. Wow. And um, shout out to the Filipino brethren that seemed to just share that like crazy. And uh, I was sure to tag him and give him all the credit because it was his content that he put together. I just sort of shifted around in, in wording and, and looks, but it was amazing. Like it, it only takes one person to share something and away it goes. Yeah, that's awesome. It was, it was really cool seeing that unfold, how broad the reach was actually going on that, on that post. Before we move on, I did want to mention the Mortz Media, what you were talking about. You know, you do... Along with photography, you do uh, video work, videography. You also do editing as well. You edit photos, Photoshop. Oh, I don't know if it's Photoshop, but you do imagery editing. And then you also do, you've done video content for us as well here at the POS. Mm. I'd encourage people to check him out at the Mortz Media. Uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. The cool thing that you do, and you use it for National Youth as well, is that you use a lot of your own stuff. So you'll go out and actually shoot photos and video of what you want to put in in your promos or which i i find that really cool yeah I, I, you know it's good when you see actual people that you recognize or locations that you recognize 
Um, and I love doing that because it pushes my limits. It pushes me out of my comfort zone as well, especially video. I'm no uh, perfectionist or no, I don't have any degrees in anything that I do, but I just have a passion for it. Yeah, and I, you don't really need it nowadays. I mean, I know it probably helps. We have uh, a girl at our church here. She does an awesome job. My lamb, she went to university and, and has that background in it. And, and she's she's a weapon. She's amazing. But you can learn a lot. You can be self-taught. Pretty much everything I do is self-taught. And it's not that complex <laughs> once people actually see what what That's I'm doing. Right. That's right. I usually tell people I have a degree in the University of YouTube. <laughs> that's that's all i have <laughs> all right so let's dig into this a little bit now that we got that background i want to ask you a few questions and we'll, and we'll go through this back and forth why do you think it's so important for churches and ministries to have an online presence we're, we're having you on here to talk about online content not just social media but also websites and branding and, and all that why is it so important for churches and ministries to have that online presence yeah, for sure. It's a great question. And I do have a lot of people sort of ask me this. And I think it's the best way to explain it, I guess, is when you're looking for a restaurant or, you know, Canberra, we've got a rich coffee uh, cafe culture down here. You don't just go to any cafe. Um, you want to go to what's buzzing, what's, you know, got the best um, coffee going around. But the first thing that you often do is you jump on Google, you look them up, you know, you're looking at their menu, you're looking at the location, do they have inside seating, outside seating? Uh, you go on Instagram and you have a look and see, you know, do they have professional photos? Do they actually take the time and effort and prof add professionalism to their post? And I might overanalyze it because I am part of, <laughs> you know, doing social media myself. But these things, you know, it does speak a lot about if they're putting a lot of time and effort in this and you know they reap the rewards from that because if it looks great i mean it might not look it might not taste great but if they can try and attract people to get there i mean that's one of the main things and so just like putting attention to those things making sure that you're visible that's what we want to do with our church as well when we when we're talking to our friends when we're talking to family we're talking about our church life they might not actually come, but behind the scenes, they might even just look up the church to find out what's actually happening. Like, what is this all about? And it'll be unfortunate if they can't actually find the church you're talking right. about on yeah. Facebook or Instagram or, or even Google, you know, that's, I feel like that's such a, a, an important thing, especially when you're talking to colleagues, because your colleagues, <laughs> that's the first thing they're going to do is look you up. <laughs> so exactly. I think that's one of the most important things, you know, we have to be, we've put in effort to be visible and it can be done quite easily and quite fast if you need to. Yeah. It, it's so important to have that online presence, especially in today's technical age, you know, when it comes to our generation and even the ones that are younger than us, you pretty much don't trust uh, a restaurant. You don't trust anything that doesn't have any sort of online presence at all. So yeah, it's weird. It's like we're <laughs> we're like a, a generation that is after authenticity, uh, especially the younger generation now as well. Yeah, that that's actually interesting. I've noticed that with the latest social media platform to blow up, which is TikTok, the people that are on there tend to value the more uh, well what appears to be authentic. I've noticed a lot of them are staged, but 
what appears to be authentic videos where they're shooting with their phone. They're not getting a proper camera out. So yeah, that has been interesting to, to see over the last couple of years. Yeah, the, the idea of having things produced and produced well doesn't necessarily sit with the younger generation, which is in some respects good for us that create content, but also frustrating at the same time when we talk about branding. But um, they are, they're people that are looking for things. People are asking questions about church. Uh, people are asking questions like, how do I be saved? What is salvation? What is God? What is the Holy Spirit? And uh, those things are the things that people are looking for. And as a church, if we are visible, we have the unique opportunity to be able to answer some of those questions or in, at least invite them to answer those questions. And I think you've kind of touched on it a little bit here, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to elaborate on it. What do you believe is the main purpose behind all online church content? It's a great question, and it's um it's a unique one. I think the problem is that with our churches, we have this announcement slash bulletin mindset where we use social media as a digital replacement for our paper bulletins. And, you know, in some respects, we do need to get our events out there, but I would only say at least five to 10% of what we post is about our actual events. The purpose behind our social media content, the, the church itself is the same as what the church is. And that is to be able to reach souls. Mm. Um, we're there to be able to connect with people that aren't familiar with the church. We are also called to make disciples, but how are we going to make disciples if they can't find us? Mm. Um, and so the purpose of social media, I guess, is not promotional, but it's invitational. Um, if we can offer them a way to find our church and make those initial contacts, I think that's what our general purpose is supposed to be. We can't just promote things all the time because everyone's doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, true. every every second or third post we see on Facebook is just an ad. Mm. Um, and we don't want the church to be like that. And so I, I always think about it as not promotional, but always invitational. And that's what the church should be because we are. We're reaching out for souls. That's our main purpose. Yeah, I agree. One solved that that we've done and i think you guys may have done something similar at least for our local church is on facebook we created a, a group so we have our facebook page which follows those guidelines that you said where you know less than 10 percent of it would be invitational to a um, event or whatever and then the rest of it is ministry and then we have our facebook group which is open to our church where they can go in there and the vast majority of that would be communicating and, and doing sort of like a community bulletin type deal. Yeah, that's right. And that's, you know, you can go real, real deep in this conversation about <laughs> Facebook and pages, the difference between pages and groups. Uh, we could spend hours on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get lost in the weeds too much. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> so we mentioned earlier that you're in charge of National Youth Ministry social media pages here in Australia. Over the last nearly two years, you all have not been able to have any major events due to COVID, like nothing, pretty much nothing over the last two years, especially in a gathering type setting. How have you been able to continue producing very good content 
during this time. Yeah, for sure. And you yourself will probably know this, that it's, it still has not been easy with the national youth ministries. It's, we're not a church, so we don't have something that's happening weekly. And during the lockdown, you know, everyone's mindset, we're, we're just so mentally drained. And because everyone has shifted back to online, everyone's just tired of Zoom calls. Everyone's just tired of Facebook and Instagram. And that's from coming from someone that uses it consistently, right? Probably above the average user. And it, it wasn't easy, but honestly, it's it's just the passion for the young apostolic people because we know that they are there. Mm. It's a sad reality that young people are constantly online, but it is a reality that they are there. And so with social media and keeping up the content, the reason why we got to do that is because there aren't good things on social media all the time. That's just reality. If, if you're going to be browsing such as TikTok, there are things that are just so out there. Mm. We want to be able to be able to be like sort, sort of adding that salt and that light in a dark place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. We want to be able to do that. And so that comes down to just having a purpose, um, a mission with brother Greg Wilmot and supporting that and asking him, you know, what is the goals? What do we want to do with this? Can we reach out to people in some way? And so some of the things during the lockdown came from an anonymous poll we asked the young people via Instagram and we said, Hey, what are some things that you want to hear about more? And so we got to hear from young people and, and, and love young people love submitting things because it's, it has that anonymity. It's like, they don't know who's on the other end. And so they can be open. They can be honest. Whereas maybe in a church setting, they're a bit afraid or shy to ask these questions. And so we had a lot of these. And, uh, and I think probably the prime one, which was not surprising was mental health. Mm. How do I handle mental health? How do I, you know, I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling with depression. And out of that came a fantastic month of mental health posts, which we got the opportunity. And, and the best part about social media is it, it, you can collaborate with other people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know everything about every topic. And so we, we brought it down to the pastors, we brought it down to the leaders, and we found that this is definitely a hard hitting topic. And uh, from that topic, that's how we were able to produce good content because our audience was interacting with that content. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make the fantastic produce videos and, and posts all you want, but if your audience isn't act- interacting with it, it's, it's not gonna mean anything. And so we had this wonderful opportunity to collaborate with qualified Christian counselors. Uh, We got some fantastic information from some of our own um, people in the committee that are in this area, in this mental health field. And we were able to share on these topics. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't get to see what I get to see and our committee get to see, but reading the messages of some of the struggles that some of the youth are going through, even in their own church, uh, it's incredible because they're so afraid to speak out. And the reality is it's still a taboo topic, mental health. And this gave them the opportunity to have their voice heard. Mm. And through that, just after all the mental health month, we started to get testimonies of people saying, you know what, thank you so much. I was able to actually have a conversation with my past and my parents. 
I was able to go and book a doctor's appointment to be able to get on a mental health plan. And that's what, what that's what it's all about. This good content was purely based off wanting to minister to young people. And we got to do that. Why? Because we listened to what people wanted to wanted to hear, wanted to know. And of course, this is a unique opportunity because again, we're not a church, but a church right. could definitely do something like this. A youth group uh, Facebook page or Instagram page can do this. And uh, as I said before, what's our purpose? Well, it's to reach out, to reach to people, to be able to minister to people. That's We can have fun posts <laughs> and memes. And I did one recently on Valentine's Day <laughs> and those serve its purpose. Yeah. <laughs> um, and especially in youth, like we're, we're a bit of fun. We can have a bit of a laugh now and then. But even that, even in that laughter, that meme sort of culture, you can minister through that. Mm. And so that's how we're able to produce good content is just by listening to our audience, finding what is interacting, what are they interacting with? What are they wanting to know? Uh, and I think that's a really unique thing that we can do and offer. It hasn't been easy, as I said, yeah. but it's, it's been a blessing to be able to see all of that come, come together. But especially during that unique time when you know, people were locked down, gave you an opportunity to connect with them and, it seems that you guys do a really good job. Uh, you do a really good job of keeping mission at the forefront of what you're doing, that you're not just throwing stuff together, but there's a plan behind it. Would you mind to uh, speak into that a little bit? Because I know you do have a sort of weekly process that you that you follow when it comes to especially national youth. Yeah, for sure. Look, we're right now we're in this unique time where we do have the opportunity to post a lot of content. We do have our national youth convention coming up. And so I guess it's important to remain consistent um, also being realistic with your capacity as well. So for me, obviously I, I have a full-time job. I have family and I'm serving in my local church. And so if you're in a local church, you definitely have to have consistency. Mm. The reason why that is, is because of a little thing that we all love and hate, which is called an algorithm for each platform. <laughs> and so with the algorithm, the more you post, the more you remain consistent, the more your audience is likely to see your content. And so for us, uh, for National Youth Ministries personally, we try to keep in a schedule of at least three posts a week. And that's that really works for us. It works for me personally. Um, and because you have something consistent, people can expect to hear from you. Mm. it's saddening to see uh, if you look up a church and they haven't posted for a year or like a youth group hasn't posted for two years. I understand it's tough for sure. Consistent is, it's not easy. It's just like with anything really like getting yeah. healthy, going to the gym, consistency. And it's the same thing with social media. The good thing is you can have tools, find tools of scheduling for those who haven't heard or aren't subscribed to Canva it's a lifesaver. I still use Canva. That's <laughs> yeah, great. Um, it's it's fantastic. And uh, if you're a church and you're not for, registered as a not-for-profit, you can actually get a free license with them. And so that helps tremendously. But having a, a consistent schedule, it's going to do your social media platform wonders. Canva, I think, was that created by an Aussie? Isn't that an, isn't that an Aussie brand? Yeah, I believe it is. That's why it's so good. <laughs> that's right shout out to the aussies <laughs> it's good to have that schedule making sure that that you've got a plan in place 
it seems like it's a bit holistic, your approach, that you've got a plan in place. You're trying to reach out to your followers, that people are connected to your page, making sure that you're producing content that, that they're going to interact with and enjoy. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I'm sure people listening along will get a lot of really good ideas of, of what you shared. Now, I want to shift this a little bit. We're looking at online presence a bit. And one thing that is important when you have an online presence is to have a strong brand. You need to have a brand. I know it's a bit weird thinking about your church as a brand, but you do need to have branding. People need to understand who you are, what you're about. Do you have any tips for branding or rebranding? If someone is looking at rebranding their church, what are some tips that you have? Uh, I guess at the outset, again, I haven't got any degrees or anything in marketing and I've only got a degree in University of YouTube to all the tutorials. There's some fantastic stuff out there, but branding, rebranding is absolutely essential. And I think as a church, you need to be willing to not only invest time into this, but also finances as well. Because branding, it tells the world who you are. Mm. You know, when you think of Apple, you think of quality design and reliable, well-designed products. They've spent billions of dollars on branding. Mm -hmm. You know, we think of it as just like this Apple logo, but behind that sits behind so much. Uh, and companies spend billions just even to protect their branding, copyright and everything like that. And so branding is so important. And so, for example, like using our own church, Calvary Chapel, we have a slogan. It's not just a church, but a family. And now that's part of our branding. And so everything that we share is to be sitting under that. And so let's say we're not just a church, we're a family. And so that family is the key word. And so we're focusing on people. We have Sunday school programs because families have kids. And so we invite them to Sunday school. We have a diversity in our church community. And so that's something part of our branding and various ministries. Now, it's a problem, however, when churches try to be like other churches. <laughs> yeah, true. Because your church is unique. You are your church. You know, what one thing that works in a city of Sydney might not work in a small community town in the desert. <laughs> right. Right. So you need to understand where you are, who you are ministering to and your local surrounds and build from that. Now, when I'm talking about branding as well, I've got some, I guess, uh, I've got a, a, a good quote actually, and he's from Brady Shearer. And you haven't, if you haven't heard of or seen Brady Shearer, he does provide some good, practical content around church and social media but he says he says stop impersonating other churches be you we already have those other churches and the world right now needs you mm. and so it's funny because when we start copying others you might have some success limited success but it's not authentic it's not you right and so I think it's really important to have a sit down and really think about what, what is my church about? What is so unique about my church? What are people even saying about our church? What do they like about our church? Those are some of the things that will help you understand the foundations. And then from there, when you know your uniqueness, when you understand that every Sunday, maybe you host a, 
a church lunch or coffee as part of connecting with people. There are so many people that are just looking for community. A lot of people can find the biggest churches, but sometimes those biggest churches don't have the room for community. Some people just want to sit down with three or four people in a room and have a coffee. That's something unique to your church that you might be able to offer. And so you can use that as part of your branding. Now, this, this is where the second part is consist- consistency with your branding. And this is where the financial investing comes into play because I think it's important that we invest in a professionally made logo, mm-hmm. a professionally made design scheme from colors, font styles, all of those things are vital and it's going to cost you money, but the investment is worth it. Mm-hmm. The investment is worth it because there's, there's a whole thing called color theory or color science because various colors provide different meaning. Like, for example, blue is often associated with stable, calm, uh, smart, trust, power. And then you think of red, it's got a passion, energy, sometimes angry as well. <laughs> You've got green, which is often connected with safety eco-friendly soothing nature and then you just it's it's a whole thing and so you you can't just slap a random color on and just sort of hope for the best i mean you can (laughs) but there's so much more meaning behind it warmer colors reflect passion happiness energy cooler colors reflect calm and being more professional and so even the fonts like (laughs) seeing a single post with five different fonts on it unless you're doing what's called brutalism design, <laughs> it's very hard to, to read or sort of follow along what you're trying to say. And like, it's important. Those things are vital because coming back to like, when you're trying to find a cafe, you want to just see what the cafe is like. And they have a particular branding style that helps them determine who they are. And so for you, even when rebranding, the same, same thing applies. We just need to know who, our, who we are as a church, but also putting in the time to be able to share your logo, your colors, the font style that you have. The, are you going to be bold and big colors and big, bold text? And are you going to be like um, showy or, or are you going to be minimalist? All of these different types of things And I mean, this is where it helps to hire a professional because they'll be able to help you with that. They'll be able to show you, look, this inadvertently, this font style is saying that you're very loud. (laughs) (laughs) And so talking with the professional and being able to walk you through these different things will give you some idea of how you would shape the way that you would look in the public. And uh, it does cost money, but as I said, the investment is totally worth it. Well, it's just like anything, you know, if you're going to build a new church, you're not just going to go out and do it yourself (laughs) or hire someone who has no idea what they're doing or or they just learned something and so they can put a hammer and a nail and put some timber together, but you're going to go out and you're going to get a professional designer, you're going to get an architect. You probably used to be able to do that, but not anymore. In today's society, you, you have to get a architect you got to get proper plans you got to get it through council it's the same when it comes to your sound you're not just gonna throw anything together and that's how important branding is that's how important all this stuff is and 
And I guess that's the point of this conversation today is to try and shine a light on the importance of this area of the church, this area of ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you don't want a person who's just read YouTube videos to build your church building. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But I, I like how, I think you have a good mix. You know, you talk about how it'd be, it's important to have a professional to get the branding together for you, but you've done enough of the research yourself to understand the importance of it. And I think that's incumbent on all of us who are involved in, in this sort of ministry is that, yeah, we do need to have professionals that are helping us. But at the end of the day, we also have to have uh, some understanding as well because the professional is not always going to be there. We have to be able to carry it forward as well. Yeah, that's right. And look, you might even have people in your church to just have a passion like I did. And it was like brother Greg Wilmot, who offered me the opportunity to be able to do what I do. It didn't happen overnight. Like (laughs) I look back at some of the designs I did. And even now I'm just like, how and why? Like, that's just (laughs) disgusting. Like you just throw it in the archive and delete it. And yeah, it's, it can be just finding someone with a passion as well. Obviously it will take time to be able to help them understand the vision you have for your church and things like that. But, you know, it's, it's important to be able to invest because this is, you know, it's creating an opportunity for others to minister as well. Jump on board with the uh, pastor and the vision for the church, because this is, it's a fantastic thing to get involved in. But um, I think that's what we need to focus on is just starting with the groundworks and getting that up to speed because you don't know who's looking for your church and who might be just looking at it and going, mm, no, thanks. They don't spend enough time and appreciation on it. Uh, I'll move on. Yeah. And we don't have control over that. Like, no. just, just because we don't think it's something that might be important doesn't mean that's not what society is thinking. So we have to sometimes think outside what we like or what we appreciate and think about, okay, well, who are we trying to reach out to? We're trying to reach out to everybody. So we want to appeal to as many people as possible. That's right. One more thing before we start wrapping this up. Websites. Websites are are very important. Every church needs to have a website. We established that 10 years ago. And so if you don't have one, oh my. (laughs) Um, But everyone needs to have a website. What should we focus on when we're creating our websites? Yeah, I think this is important. And I just went through a, a rebuild of the National Youth Ministries website. And it's amazing how many tools there are just to help you get started. A lot of the website hosting places, it, it's just a template that you just modify yourself to your branding. Who did you but guys, I think, who did you guys hmm? use for yours? We used uh, Wix for yeah, Wix. ours. Yeah, um, it just recently updated to have this artificial intelligence sort of website builder. I originally didn't like them a lot, but now, yeah, I really enjoyed the experience with them. It took me two hours just to get everything up and running. Like it was all done and dusted from that point. Yeah. It was really quick. And and Um, what's their, what's their subscription like weeks? Um, I don't actually know the costing. Uh, I think it's like $25 or something. I could be wrong. I Mm -hmm. I don't actually have the, the bills for that, (laughs) (laughs) but what I do like of, um, compared to Squarespace is that you don't have a time limit to build your website. 
So you don't have to have a trial to actually just build everything gotcha. and have a, a play around. So that's what I really, really enjoyed about Wix. So you're not in a rush to build it before the, the trial's up. <laughs> Coming after my favorite child, Squarespace. I know. I swear by them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, you were saying about the, the rebuild of the Youth Ministries website? Yeah, sure. Yep. So I think that's, it's really, really easy to do a lot with the different programs, whether Wix, WordPress, you know, Squarespace, there's so many, but in, in thinking about church, it comes back to that same principle of promotional versus invitational. Again, using the cafe analogy, when you go to the cafe, the one thing you're mainly going to look for is the menu. You want to know what's happening. You want to know what's there. And so quite often the best solution for churches is people that are looking at your website are more than likely people that have never been to your church before. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that you want is to have that invitational process, I guess, on your website. Quite often people in churches, they'll have like a I'm new here button and that'll take them through a whole experience. So you, it might be whether it's like, um, all right, I'm new here. That'll take you to a link and it'll show you photos of the church building. It'll introduce you to the pastor and who that is in their background. It'll invite you to the ministry team as well. And now when you're a new person, you've never been to this church. Number one, now you've seen the building, what it looks like. Because a lot of people going to a church for the first time, especially if you don't have a church background like myself, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big it's a big hill to climb, you know, it's, it's kind of scary when you think about it. Yeah. And so we just have to put ourselves in the mindset of someone who hasn't been to church before. And so when you have photos of your church, they can see the building. They know what to expect when they arrive. They've seen some faces of the ministry team. So the pastor who's going to be speaking more than likely, whether it's the ministers of the church, the youth leaders, all the department leaders, You've got photos of the singers up there. And so they will have somewhat of an idea of what they can expect. Yeah. That's and so, I think, I think that's so important because you could get onto a church website and they've got nice photos on, but they're generic or they're people who don't attend their church and it just seems fake. It comes across as, as not real. Yeah, that's right. And there's a time and place for using places like Unsplash and google for photos but it, it comes back to that authenticity mm -hmm. um, you don't need to have two thousand dollar camera to get decent photos you've got one more than likely in your pocket it's just a matter of being mindful of simple things like it's not blurry <laughs> <laughs> um, things like that because it's again coming back to authenticity you want people to see what your building looks like you want to see you know, what your church looks like when it's on, because it gives that the new person who is considering whether they want to come or not, is this a place that I can actually see myself attending? And a, a great one in, in terms of our church is diversity. That's such a big thing for and our brand is there's so many different cultures, backgrounds in our church. And when someone for the first time sees that, that's quite warming. That's quite mm -hmm. welcoming for them. Yeah. Someone who has, you know, three or four kids, oh, they've got Sunday school. That's awesome. That means my kid can go to Sunday school and I can enjoy a message from pastor. Those are the types of things that people are looking for. 
Um, and so when I think when you're starting a website and you're building a website, focus on that invitational part first, and then you can build on to like your calendar, what's happening, etc. All of those things are good, but the most important thing is to capture those people that are visiting your church website for the first time. I think that's such a crucial point that you made that the vast majority of the people that visit your website are going to be people who haven't yet attended your church. And I'm taking notes down here. Uh, I don't think we have an I'm new here section for our website at POS. So I will get onto that and maybe within the next week or two, we will have that <laughs> up and running. Good, we have good. a, we have about us and different stuff like that. So you can see what we're about, but I think it's important to have, yeah, an individual track for those people that are wanting to come for the first time or interested in coming for the first time. And, yeah, and go ahead. Oh, I was going to say with that, and it's an interesting statistic. So, you know, when you Google like a restaurant, there's photos and there's photos that people can upload as part of like their reviews and stuff like that. And that's often where they find the church website as well. There was two photos I think I uploaded for our own church just to sort of give people an idea. So when they Google the church, those are the two first images they're going to see. From the last time I checked, one of those photos had 60,000 views. Wow. So like there are people Googling these churches and looking at these photos. How many people of those have come to our church? I'm not sure, but it just gives you an idea that people are looking at these churches. And you can be an integral part in the process of someone coming to God and being born again uh, without having to knock on a door or put a flyer in a mailbox. Those things have their time and place as well. But this part of ministry, I think sometimes is so easily overlooked and it can have an incredible, incredible impact on hundreds and thousands of people just by dedicating your time, your gifting, your talent, developing a talent you may not feel like you have one yet but you can easily develop it you're talking to two guys who had to develop something when i first got this job i think i've mentioned it before on this podcast as administrator i had no creative background whatsoever and i just had to develop it over years i had almost no internet background outside of being a user of the internet so it's just things that you teach yourself over the years and and develop uh, what are some tips and tricks that you have developed uh, over the years? What are some websites? We've mentioned a few already, Canva, Wix, Squarespace. Are there some other things that you use for those maybe who have a uh, smaller church and are trying to do something on a budget? The main thing is to just get started. And it doesn't take much to find a lot of good content that can be used for free. And I guess to sum it up, there's there's six points, I think, in, in terms of tips and tricks that I, I'll probably offer is number one, understanding your audience, but not on, not only your audience, but also the community that is around your church mm. um, and who you're trying to reach to. That's I think number one is important because if you understand your audience, you understand what they will be sharing and what the people around your community are willing to engage with. I think that's really important. Number two again, I know I keep repeating it, is being invitational, not promotional. Social media is filled with just marketing ads. And a lot of people, you know, I get probably some of the most engaging things that I have is just direct messaging people, whether it's from 
my youth group page or my own Mort's media page, because people like to just have one-on-one conversations. Mm. Um, and those things help. They're, they're really beneficial. And when we promote, when we're promotional, unfortunately, the algorithm just kills those things really quickly and they won't go anywhere. It's a struggle to get those promotional things out. So just keep on rem- staying on that invitational approach, I think is fine. Number three is being relatable, but not only relatable, but relevant as well. Obviously, that's a fine line uh, with some of the posts as a church that you can make. But for example, for our national youth ministries, we just posted a day before Valentine's Day, just sort of doing a joke about it. And we wanted to do that because we knew we would get a reaction out of Mm -hmm. that. Well, I was hoping I would get a reaction out of that and not a bad one. And (laughs) thankfully it was received well. It was our highest performing post of the month. Awesome. Um, And so it's just something to laugh about, you know, it's something that's shareable and it was, it was shared over 80 times. And those are the things that someone might say and say, Hey, that's actually pretty funny. I might follow these guys or, you know, Hey, that's actually pretty inspiring or that meant something to me. I might follow these guys. And so being relatable and relevant posting, like when you have a a birthday, pastor's birthday, people in your ministry team, their birthdays or appreciation posts, things like that. Those things are all relatable and relevant. Number four is also being adaptable to trends to further your reach and growth on the platforms. Now, We can spend hours on this again, (laughs) but understanding right now, there's there's a simple principle right now on Instagram and it's kind of hard for us as creatives, but the reality is that Instagram is moving from photos to video content. And that's because they're in a chase with TikTok, which is now I'd say number one uh, in terms of engagement and and where people are. Mm -hmm. And so we need to adapt to that. We can't just say, no, you know what, Instagram, I don't want to. I'm going to keep posting what I post. Well, unfortunately, the algorithm is going to disagree. Their multi-billion dollar algorithm is going to disagree. And they're going to just keep pushing videos. Mm -hmm. And I just did one recently on our youth group page that was someone else's content, which I downloaded from TikTok, reposted it to be relevant to a, um, a preaching sermon that was recently conducted in our youth service. And that video got 3,000 views in like not even an hour. And that's just to show that the trends on Instagram right now is that they prefer video, which is awesome for churches because you can film the sermon and just take a 60-second portion out of the sermon and share that. Obviously, you want to be intentional with what you're sharing to keep people engaged and connecting with your church. But we have to adapt to those trends and it can be exhausting, but it can also be uh, extremely important for our growth on and reach on social platforms. Right. And the last two, number number five, have a creative uh, team. Have a team of creatives. Like, as you said, brother Greg, you know, you've only, you built this from the ground up, but now there has been, you would say, opportunities for others to jump in and join. Like Sister Marius, as you said, she's been amazing with our national youth Uh, She's helped with our logos and and branding. And, you know, it's a ministry opportunity for perhaps that wasn't available 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a place where people like me who have this sort of, uh, I didn't grow up in church, so but I had a gaming slash creative background. 
And I didn't want to just sit around, you know, playing games in the afternoon and wasting my time. I wanted to be creative, but also be able to be a tool in God's kingdom. And so this was one way of doing that. And so you can find creatives in your church, even that people just have a knack for things, even just offering an opportunity and just say, hey, I want you to just take photos of people uh, on Sunday. Because if you don't build a team, you'll find yourself burned out pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> um, trying to keep yeah trying to keep up with these algorithms and any, everything, you'll you'll run yourself out pretty quickly. And so, creating a team gives opportunity for others to be able to join ministry, but it also helps us as well to to try and keep up with those trends. And lastly, is um, resources. There's endless amount of resources, and we do have a UPCA creatives group that we try and post just free content and things that are trending, things that I find interesting, I put in there. And also finding other church social media groups. There's some awesome ones out there, like uh, Church Social Media Media Managers Group. Mm -hmm. I find so many good things in there. Like I'm just like, oh, I'll post this in to give to Brother Greg or things <laughs> like that. Like it's the great thing about social media is it's it's very collaborative because we all don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. We just sort of find what works and we give it a go. And if it works, it's awesome. And so, um, yeah, I think those are just some of my tips that will really help. I mean, we could go on, but those are just some of the ones that I think have helped the growth of my own personal account, but also the national youth ministries account. That's good stuff. Do you have any actual tools that you use that, that you would recommend? For sure, yeah. So I've got a couple. Number one being Canva, of course. They've grown so much. They do posts. They've got templates. They've even got video templates now. I do a lot of my PowerPoint presentations for sermons in that because, I mean, you're selling yourself short if you want to do everything from scratch mm -hmm. because the reality is time is everything. And to save time, Canva's an absolute beauty. iMovie as well for video editing it's free that's another awesome resource there's a lot of free uh, video editing such as davinci resolve as well that's a little bit complicated but if you just do two or three youtube videos you can be editing videos really quickly and for me personally i use the adobe suite and that's provided from the national youth ministries to help because there's some amazing tools such as lightroom for photo editing Premiere Pro for video editing and also Adobe After Effects just for intros and um, transitions and things like that for a lot of our promotional videos. But those are only just a few that I use. There's plenty of phone apps. The one app that I recommend people using, it's a, a photo, uh, sorry, a video editing app and it's called CapCut. I can't believe how much stuff you can do that for free. <laughs> Honestly, like some of the stuff in there, it's like, man, that took me forever to do on Premiere Pro and I can just like drag and drop it on this. <laughs> I can't believe it. And so CapCut, if you haven't used that yet, for your phone especially, check it out. Uh, it's not a paid promotion, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Oh, man. And there's a lot of uh, church-based websites out there that can help you get started where they'll provide different content that you can post but just be careful with that because you want to try and make sure that it's adaptable to your church so we don't want to just be posting a whole bunch of generic stuff but we want to make sure as Brother Morty pointed out that we we want it to be personable 
So we're reaching our audience and not just throwing content out there just to throw content out there. As we uh, finish this up, I want to give you a final word. So grateful to have you on. Thank you for providing your time today and uh, sharing your expertise here. I hope this has blessed somebody and, and it's going to encourage people who are already involved in online content at their church or are looking to get involved. But if you wouldn't mind leaving us with a final word, bro. When you think of social media, I think it is important to think of it as a form of ministry. You are serving not only the people in your church, but also people that aren't going to your church, people that are connected online and people that are trying to find your church. When I think about national youth ministries, the opportunity that I have to serve there, I've been able to see so many testimonies of people just saying, you know, thank you so much for that word of encouragement. Thank you for the clarification on what an apostolic is. I think when we think of it as a opportunity to minister, it's a real game changer and it changes the outset of what social media is all about because it fits in with the mission and the purpose of the church and that is to reach souls and so everything that we do there is a purpose behind it and that is to reach souls and so when you get all of those nitty-gritties that we've talked about today the importance of the entire thing it's not about making our church look great all of those types of things it's, it comes down to souls and so i want to encourage you if you're just starting out, keep going. If you're growing and you're growing, keep going and keep serving your community because people are going to find your church. They're going to walk into those doors and we pray and we hope that they'll be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Spirit and we'll, we'll see all of those things happen. And we have seen those happen. We've seen testimonies of that happen through these social media platforms. And so think of social media not as just a tool, but a way to serve and to be able to minister.